Introduction to Intersectionality, brought to you by Assemble You. It's time to work on you. So sit back and listen to practical, actionable advice to accelerate your progress. In this track, we'll explore the definitions of intersectionality, some concrete examples of intersectionality, why adopting an intersectional approach is so valuable, and the importance of intersectional allyship. Intersectionality is the complex, cumulative way in which the effects of multiple forms of discrimination, such as racism, sexism, and classism, combine, overlap, or intersect, especially in the experiences of marginalized individuals or groups. Kathy Goss, head of inclusion recruiting at LinkedIn, expresses how intersectionality has become more recognized as employers learn that they can't place workers into buckets. People's identities are multi-layered and the discrimination they face is varied, linked, complex, and multifaceted. For Forbes, Lawana Harris states, Intersectionality is a two-part concept. First, it is recognizing the complex experience of being a multifaceted person, an acknowledgement of the compounded identities within each person. Secondly, it is the analysis of how different people, with different identities, interact with other people and systems. There can be a tendency for organizations to separate identities and focus on just a single element at one time. It can feel simpler for employers to choose one particular characteristic over another, rather than look at the intricate links between them. In HBR, Lodmila N. Preslova explores how, historically, most organizations have approached inclusion sequentially. Gender this year or two, race next, then sexual orientation, and maybe someday disability and age, or maybe class, or neurodiversity. Generally, Sequential inclusion is expanded from the power center to bring in the next most acceptable characteristic. When intersectionality is overlooked, people's identities are condensed down to just one element. Instead of understanding that people hold multitudes of identities and have to navigate the world differently, based on the discrimination they face, ignoring intersectionality means ignoring a whole host of factors. Think about the experiences of homophobia a 35-year-old white, gay, non-disabled man will have and the barriers he may face. Now think about the racism and biphobia a 72-year-old black, bisexual, non-disabled woman will encounter. These two people will undoubtedly experience injustices that are distinct from the ableism and transphobia a 22-year-old white, disabled, trans woman faces. Various forms of discrimination combine, accumulate, and morph depending on context. Perhaps your workplace has done a powerful job of eradicating sexism, but without combating racism, homophobia, ageism, classism, ableism, and transphobia, too, then some individuals will undoubtedly feel excluded. In this case, you would have eradicated sexism and made the workplace safer for only non-disabled, white, straight, cis employees. Or perhaps you've got a racially diverse team of senior managers, but only one of those people isn't a straight man. Tackling one injustice does not mean you've tackled them all. Let's look at a concrete example. If you talk about inclusivity in the workplace with regards to women and fail to mention how racism and sexism intersect, then really, you're only talking about the discrimination of white women. Maybe you've worked to implement a really strong anti-racism policy with a zero-tolerance approach to racist language, but have you spoken to your non-white, disabled employees about flexible working around medical appointments? Is your mixed-race, gay colleague who's about to become a father familiar with your adoption leave policy? Mario, a McKinsey employee, explains, I am a lesbian, immigrant, 
non-religious, non-European woman who lives in Europe. My identity is at the intersection of some privileged and some discriminated groups. Individuals have multifaceted identities and some characteristics hold more power than others. No one ever has just one characteristic. No one can ever be defined by just one aspect of their identity. Being an immigrant impacts how Marielle is viewed by others. And she'll likely face xenophobia, but as she's non-religious, she won't face religious discrimination. She'll likely be impacted by sexism and homophobia too. Let's take a look at another example. Nancy Doyle for Forbes claims, An issue in the neurodiversity space is the extent to which campaigns and initiatives center white neurodivergent people. This is an example of where intersectionality isn't being acknowledged and approaches aren't considering the impact other characteristics can have on an individual's experiences. Being neurodivergent might be one element of somebody's identity and relationship to a particular social space, but think about the various other forms of discrimination they might face if they're black, trans, and or bisexual too. Let's assess why utilizing an intersectional approach is so valuable. Emily Aries, for Forbes, explains that doing so isn't just about being politically correct or perpetuating identity politics. This inclusive lens can make the difference between life and death. How we address issues like street harassment, for instance, doesn't just matter to all women. It matters especially to trans women, who experience not only more harassment, but significantly higher rates of assault than other women. Adopting an intersectional perspective means acknowledging nuance and being able to direct support where it's most needed. By not understanding overlapping identities and types of discrimination, there is a risk of erasing the significance of multiple oppressions. Intersectionality deals with acknowledging combined harms and providing appropriate resources. A non-intersectional approach can be limited and exclusionary. It can actively sideline certain people and seemingly accidentally forget about others. If intersectionality is not discussed, privileged people's experiences come to the fore by default. A lack of intersectional examination can act to further marginalize already marginalized people and perpetuate the idea that some groups, somehow, don't deserve as much attention as others. So what can we do to promote intersectional practice? Let's look at intersectional allyship. The theme of multidimensional understanding continues. According to Forbes, allyship when intersectional then is also multifaceted. It situates each incident of inequity not in isolation, but in relation with each other. It contextualizes the socio-political and economic variables that affects the way power operates in institutions, in organizations, in public spaces, and in private households. Fundamentally, there are lots of different elements to consider by virtue of power being a multi-layered and complex phenomenon. Intersectional allyship can be challenging to navigate as intersectional conversations have moving parts, multiple stakeholders, and various sources of power. Allies must embrace uncertainty and question preconceived notions. Emotional intelligence and understanding the nuances of varying experiences is really important. As Forbes highlights, intersectional allies create, not consume, space for vulnerable communities to express their voices. Allies focus on amplifying others' voices as opposed to talking over them or imposing their own ideas. Allies do their own independent research and make a concerted effort to absorb new information in order to understand various perspectives. Make sure to listen as an ally. Become comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. Engage with others and be open to learning with empathy and compassion. Appreciate where you may have made mistakes and be prepared to examine your own privileges. Actively seek out information about experiences that differ from your own. If you're responsible for recruitment, 
assess how representative your selections are. And, in reference to the points made at the beginning of the track, make a special effort not to place your employees into buckets. Accept that people are diverse, complex, and multidimensional, and do your very best not to make generalized assumptions on the basis of a single characteristic. Check yourself if you make reference to something all women experience, for example, because that may indicate you don't see nuance between women who undoubtedly have multifaceted identities. Are you really talking about all women or a narrower view of what straight, white, and non-disabled women face? Differences are great, and a campaign for change isn't undermined by acknowledging that different people face multiple forms of discrimination. In fact, a new initiative is only strengthened by applying an intersectional approach and promoting truly comprehensive change. A great place to start is by looking inward and considering your own characteristics and the barriers you might face. This week, follow Forbes' suggestion of creating a list of your various identities as a person. These may include age, race, gender identity, location, citizenship, sexual orientation, religious affiliation, socioeconomic status, marital status, physical ability, and mental ability. Think about how each of these elements impacts how other people might relate to you. Think about how they intrinsically impact your life too. Perhaps there are parts of your identity you rarely think about and others that you consider to be fundamental to who you are. Be curious about how all elements intersect and allow this heightened awareness to broaden how you see yourself and others. That's all we have time for today. Have a productive week.